hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Online is news and information about technology. They're fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. That's right, episode 215, Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We'll tell you more about them shortly. My name's Trevor Long. You can follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long. And joining me each and every week, the man who you'll find on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH. And you'll find him musing, reviewing, blogging, and uh, and chatting, and podcasting also at techguide.com.au. Stephen Fennick, g'day, mates. G'day, Trevor. Great to be with you once again. Lovely to be two here. We one have five. 215. Nothing at all important about that number, but God love it. And uh, some really uh, some interesting news this week. A few launches, uh, a few stats, and some cool stuff to talk about. Let's get cracking with Two Blokes Talking Tech. So the nerds among us, Stephen Fennick, um, we're up late <laughs> Or early, however you want to look at it. But I know for a fact that Stephen's like, if it involves a 1 or 2 a.m., it's an up late. If it's 4 a.m., it's an up early. Uh, I don't, yeah. What would it be for you, Stephen, if it was 3 a.m.? Is that... Uh, 3 a.m.? Oh, that's Ooh. right on the cusp. I'd yeah. say that uh, that'd be an up late. <laughs> so uh, at, at some ungodly hour um, on uh, Wednesday morning, as it is here in uh, Sydney, yeah. Australia, it was- Apple yeah. put out a iOS update um, as well as software updates across their platforms to introduce... Apple Music. This is the uh, streaming service that was announced a couple of months ago by uh, Tim Cook at um, a keynote, at, uh, and, and it's, it's a very important move for Apple because it signals a shift, not the end, but a shift away from the selling of music into the renting or streaming or subscribing of music in uh, severe competition with the market leader, Spotify, and um, you know it's, it's somewhere they had to be, and i got to tell you, out of the box... Um, I think there's work to do. I think there's work yep. to do, mate. I, I, I don't find that I understand where everything is, and I think that's a challenge for people to understand actually what they're getting and, and where it is. What what am I signing up for? Because it's free for three months, which is fine, but you want 12 bucks a month. So so what am I getting? Yep. That's what I think is tough. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, now Apple had a bit of a challenge here uh, coming into this market after everybody else and and I think they had to be seen to not just be offering a copy of what everyone else has offered in mm. the past uh, and I think that so from from that point I think Tim Cook would have been telling everyone look this has to be special this has to stand out this has to be different uh, they've they've achieved that kind of they, they have done, done that uh, there is I agree with you there's still some work to do it's not quite as intuitive as I'd like it to be uh, but that, that update had dropped at about, I think, just before 1 a.m. our time, which was coincided with the 30th uh, of June back in the U.S. And it was an update. So iOS 8.4 update for iOS devices also required, if you want to listen to it on your Mac or PC, you needed the latest version of iTunes as well, which is 12.2. Uh, and that allowed you then to to access Apple Music. Now, what, what the whole... 
the, the apart from offering this great service for three months, and three months, when you think about it, it's, very it's, long a, time. it's a period that's long enough to get people thinking, yeah, three months, wow, get them in, get them in. And then at the end of three months, uh, the, the, you do actually have to opt out of the plan, uh, similar to other plans, but you only get a month with other uh, other services. So, Easy uh, to forget. Make sure you put something in your diary now about that three-month window because you've got to remember yeah. to unsubscribe if you don't want it in the long term. Now, the, one of the key things, we'll talk about the music in a moment, but one of the key things they talked about was this kind of following an artist social networking style thing, which, you know, does have some hints of the past in them. But it, again, I think they've done well, but I think it's hard to find. So, for example, you click on this connect button and you get this big list of, you know, kind of a social stream and you you can't really easily see where, where things are and who things are. But I found Michael Bublé there and I clicked on him and went to the button to follow him. So I'm now following Michael Bublé and there's a great kind of uh, set of menus here, you know, Connect shows, you know, his content. My music shows me Michael Bublé songs that I've put in my library, and we'll talk about what that can mean now, and then everything mm. all in one go. So, I don't know. I like what they're trying to achieve. I am I just think yeah. it's too much for one app. Yeah, I think that, no, they're, they're quite ambitious with this, and I think we should point out, first of all, the pricing. It's eleven ninety nine, which is kind of, we pick that. The family plan is seventeen ninety nine, which is a couple of dollars cheaper than what I thought it would be. That, that's up to uh, up to six family members on the family yeah. sharing. So I, I, I read I, I read that uh, like dollar for dollar, we're actually getting a pretty good deal compared to the rest of the world in, mm. in terms of our the currency, the exchange rate, and all that. So that that's one good that's one good piece of news. But I think that the one of the one of the big ambitions here from Apple is to sort of make it this service a way of you discovering new music so being a streaming service it takes all the risk out of trying new music so rather than you paying your 17 bucks downloading an album on itunes and hating it uh you know you're stuck with it whereas here because being a streaming service they're really encouraging you to try new music there's a for you section that aggregates all this content and they claim it's not just a robot spitting out songs that sound like songs that you like they say there's a human element to it that that really is worked on so that you're getting an experience rather than just a, a bunch of songs that sound the same so that, that's sort of thing part of what apple's trying to achieve here trying to get those those artists that you might not have decided to listen to earlier suddenly now becoming popular through this service so i think from an artist's perspective that's really positive uh, and from a listener's perspective that's exciting too because i love it when people recommend music to me and i do end up liking it that's a great great way uh it's a great feeling of discovery to to uh to to have that and i hope i'm hoping that this does the same thing and that that's part of the process when you sign up to the service you do need to sort of specify the genres of music you like the actual art artists that you like so that the more you use the service the better it is going to tailor and suggest music that you're going to like to listen to you know i may be unique in my stupidness regarding <laughs> music but that's one of the processes i found disappointing so i now i should disclose that yeah yesterday morning uh yeah tuesday morning um i caught the bus to work and i'm standing there at the bus station listening to my music in my headphones. No drums. Six o'clock in the morning. So you were listening to John Farnham again. Uh, you know what it was? It was John Farnham as a part of Little River Band down on the border. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it stopped. And I went, oh, I must have bumped the thing in my pocket or something. Open up. My entire music library on my iPhone, gone. Just gone. Just what? what? Unbelievable. 
anyway, uh, you know, life goes on. You know, things happen, right? I, I call it a bug, call it a glitch. It uh, doesn't matter. But here's the thing. Apple knows more about me than anyone should in terms of music because they know exactly what I'm listening to, when and what. They know what's in my music library. It's all on iTunes Match. So they know a lot about me. So when I signed up to Apple Music and said, yes, I'll have an individual plan, and then they said, what genres do you like? I went, uh, Farnham, <laughs> Billy Joel. I mean, you t- I, I felt like saying, you tell me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. I don't want to I don't want to tick pop just because I like Bruno Mars. I don't want to yeah. tick rock because I don't mind a bit of ACDC or something now and then because I don't want to end up with Nirvana. I don't, you know, yeah. I, I just don't think a genre-based selection is the genuine real-world experience yeah. for people out think- there. You're not going to get stuck with that, though. I think it's an, it evolves with you. As you listen to more, it evolves along that line as well. I, I don't think uh, that that's... I just think it should know more from day one. Yeah. One thing I I, uh, I looked at, and, and I was I downloaded it, and uh, I bumped into my brother, had a coffee with my, my brother this afternoon, my younger brother, Michael, and... I told him about Apple Music. He said, oh, okay, well, show me show me streaming. Show me how you stream. And then I, I pulled out the app, but I actually had to think about it. I, 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 it wasn't as obvious, uh, and I had to think about how do I okay, how do I show him streaming. And then I suddenly remembered, okay, I've got to go to my music. Then I've got to go to the magnifying glass to do my search. And then there's a toggle at the top. So it'll ask you if you want to search within Apple Music or within your own music. So I obviously hit Apple Music, and then that then puts the 30 million tracks of iTunes at your fingertips to to listen to. So you can then create a playlist. You can uh, download or, or uh, add it to your music. So you you have it's what they call offline uh, offline listening. Yep. So there's all these options to do, but it wasn't as clear cut. So now my music collection, I've gone through today and downloaded a few albums and artists and things like that. So now my music, which is a combination of my own iTunes library of music that I've downloaded and bought uh, and ripped from CDs, is now mixed in with all of this rented music, or uh, all, all in the in the same in the same collection. And I haven't looked at it closely enough, but I don't think there's any way of telling what is yours and what you've rented. Yeah, and until you fail to renew your subscription or delete it, when it suddenly all disappears now. You mentioned the 30 million songs. I mean, here's an interesting one. Taylor Swift is there. We can now confirm. Um, ACDC is there, but the yes. Beatles are not. That's correct. I, I did do a search for that, and, and Apple says that there are the, the 30 million tracks. But in iTunes, I think there's more than 40 million right. tracks from memory. Yeah. And the Beatles so don't have 10 million all songs. all the music there is going to end up being stream. You can't stream it. So if you want to listen to the Beatles through iTunes – you have to buy their album, so you can't stream it through Apple Music. Yeah, which is the challenge for them. So I said today to a couple of radio stations, look, Apple's one up on Spotify, two reasons. One, they've got Taylor Swift. I mean, it's a stupid thing, but they've got Taylor Swift and and Spotify don't. Number two, they have got device penetration out the brass razoo. I mean, seriously, there's nothing much that Spotify can do. Um, and, you know, interestingly, Spotify put out a, uh, an information pack the other day, um, you know, giving their numbers again, 20 million subscribers, that. Yeah, that was nice 75 timing, yeah. million active users, 
58 markets, 3 billion paid to rights holders, 30 million songs. Um, and they, then they talked about available everywhere and they listed all these platforms that they're on and in. And what they were trying to say was we're more than just an iPhone, Mac, Windows, iTunes. Um, we're a lot more than that. I don't know yeah. that that is important to people though. I think what Apple wins here is that you can simply open the app on your phone and press a button to say yes. You don't need to download yeah. an app. You don't need to sign up. You don't need to do anything. Yeah, now that's true. But I think one one um, one disadvantage for Apple, or what let, you can look at it as an advantage for Spotify and all these other services, is that say you're a, you're you've got a Sonos system, or you've got a Bluetooth a streaming audio in your car, mm. so or, or a digital radio that can stream audio to it as well. Spotify's there already. You're already there. So Apple, of course, are not. Uh, they want you to listen through an iPhone, an iPad, a Mac. Of course, they want you to listen to it through their own products. They don't want to pump up the tires of a. But you competitor. can Bluetooth stream it to a speaker or your car. That's no problem. You with could, music. yeah, but I tried it in my car today, for example, and I, I as soon as I connect to Bluetooth audio, I can play Spotify. Not a drama. I did try to play Apple Music through my Bluetooth connection, and it didn't work. I don't know whether I'm doing something wrong or it just didn't. Oh, right. I don't know whether there's more work I need to do, but it just wasn't there. It shouldn't, now, in it terms shouldn't be of any the Sonos I, I listened to the Bee Gees uh, album. It's the only thing I've listened to thus far on, on Apple Music. <laughs> Apple and, Music, yeah. And all, I listened to it for the entire, uh, entire time I was in the car today, so it should okay, stream so it fine. it worked in your car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've got, you got to work on the European cars then, eh? Well, it's a Lamborghini, so, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Oh, hang on a minute. I was waiting for you to work that in. <laughs> Good on you. Well done. <laughs> anyway, well, it must work in Italian cars and not German cars. Let's just say that. But um, the, the, I think the, the Sonos example is a good one where – I uh, I understand the Beats Music was a service that worked with Sonos, yeah. but now that Apple Music has taken it over, uh, it no longer it's not going to work anymore. So there, there's, I think there's little kinks to iron out, and uh, once they do that, and uh, once they get their some feedback, I think from customers. Yeah, remember, no one's used this till today, where they've been talking about it for ages. And Apple's a pretty nimble company when it comes to uh, tweaking the the apps and services that that to suit the customer. So I think once they iron out these kinks, I think it's going to improve. Well, let me wrap it on this, then, and I'll tell you why kinks are important. It's a it's a first time experience for many many people, and the kinks will stop people wanting to use it. Now, and remember, Apple doesn't work on focus groups; they just design and go. Now, to the greatest, with the greatest respect to the Apple engineers who may be listening to the great Two Blokes Talking Tech episode 215, thanks to the good people <laughs> at Netgear. Um, when you do a search for someone, so I've just searched for the Robertson Brothers, um, and they've they got a couple of songs. I wondered how deep their library was. You get top results. You get albums, songs, artists, and stations. The headings for stations, songs, and albums are all clickable. Mate, it's the smallest font. It's... You it gotta, is tiny. You've got to make sure your finger – you gotta, don't want to click that album. I want to click the word songs. I mean, it's just – seriously, it's a touchscreen device. We used to have these big buttons. Just let's get back to having easy-to-use touchscreen stuff. So, again, it's just a simple usability thing. I think they've got a little bit of work to do on that, and I think you're right. They will react quickly, and they'll release updates, and they'll spruik how good they are. They've got work to do, and I think if they're going to sign up – but here's the thing. Forget all that. Spotify's 101, those numbers I mentioned earlier, 20 million subscribers – 75 million active users. The simple question for you, Stephen Fennick, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think after you, you answer. At which keynote will Tim Cook say Apple Music has been an unbelievable success? We've already got 100 million active users. Yeah, I think it's going to be a while. Yeah? Yeah. 
Uh, and I you mean, mean you mean active users active on users. on Apple Music? Active yeah, users, I, I, not subscribers, because active users are Spotify. I mean, there's 55 million yeah. people on Spotify not paying a cent. Uh, yeah, no. So I actually think, mate, they'll they'll have 20 million by now. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll but, take long at all. Well, I, the I three think, month free trial is going to be going to boost them pretty big early on, and that's that's the, why how many people stay on after that. That's that's the question. It's I a think critical if three months. If they can, can enjoy the service and 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 navigate it and get used to it, then of mm. course people will pay their twelve bucks to Apple instead of Spotify or some of these other services, or they may just stick loyal to Spotify yep. because they're they've been around for longer and they've they've got they seem to. Uh, they, they seem to be paving the way in this area. The two blokes will analyse in detail any words that Tim Cook speaks because we'll, uh, we'll tell you whether it's BS or not when he talks about the numbers because they'll be huge. It'll be a very important time for them when they start talking numbers. Two blokes talking tech. Download the iOS and, uh, and iTunes updates now for uh, your access to Apple Music. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Apple Music wasn't the only big launch this week. Another launch of uh, of a significant proportions was Telstra Air. This is Telstra's bold plan, their nationwide Wi-Fi network. It was announced late last year, but actually they, they flicked the switch this week. And now Telstra Air, the Telstra Air network uh, is active and allows customers, Telstra customers, to... Utilize that network. So what, what it allows them to do is rather than using their cellular data on the move, it allows them to tap into their home broadband data allowance through these hotspots, not only across Australia, but also in up to 18 countries around the world. So that solves a problem for travelers who want to stay in touch with family and friends rather than having to spring for another SIM card or pay for Wi-Fi. They've got a solution ready to go. Uh, the Telstra Air also includes home gateway. So Telstra customers who uh, want to be part of Telstra Air, they have a gateway in their home, which acts as their modem router, so it creates their own Wi-Fi network and allows them to connect to the internet. But separate to that and partitioned and protected from their own data and, and content is a another public Wi-Fi network that is used then to expand and strengthen the Telstra Air network across the country. Yeah. So and, and really unique the way part. they're sort of building these the, the, these building blocks are all across the suburbs and across the towns. The Telstra Air customers themselves are strengthening the network. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, look, it is. It's a brilliant idea, but uh, it doesn't work just with the payphones and the businesses around. It really has to have the homes to make it a genuine national network. Now, the problem is this: uh, most people immediately have the reaction, "Oh, what does that mean for my security?" So it's an immediate thing, and it's hard to dispel with, with easy language. But let me give you a run, rundown of how it works. So let's say Stephen was a Telstra home uh, broadband customer with Telstra. He's got access to Telstra Air. He's got a username and a password. It's his big pond one, and it's all signed in on an app. Stephen comes to visit Trevor Long, and Trevor Long's home is also Telstra home broadband. But instead of just seeing, you know, EFTM Studio as our Wi-Fi network, you'll also see Telstra Air. And another one actually called FON, which is the international um, service they've partnered with. So there'll be two new networks in my home, both of which are accessible to general public who are users and, and members. And what happens is whatever they use, so whatever Stephen Fennick does in my home, in terms of data, he downloads two, two meg of emails or photos. That two meg counts against Stephen Fennick's home data allowance, not Trevor Long's. Yeah. And, um, and the critical thing is people are worried about speed. I've got a 100 meg cable. 
two meg of that will be kind of partitioned off for this service. Now, if you've got ADSL running at 20 meg, you're probably thinking, hey, 10% of my network being partitioned off? An interesting decision for you to make. If you've got a really crappy connection, 8, 9 megabyte, Telstra just won't enable it. Their, their network systems will detect uh, the slow slow speed. Yep. And if you're living a long way from the exchange, they just won't enable it. So it's actually yep. a brilliant idea. I actually don't know how many people will sign up for it, though. Yeah, I think, though, m- maybe the customers who um, have a limited cellular data allowance, you, you, you compare the, the cost per gigabyte of cellular data is way higher than the cost per totally. gigabyte of home home data so i think maybe a customer uh, uh, would suit perhaps a, a younger user who doesn't want to pay for the hundred dollar or a month eight gigabyte cellular plan but has a telstra the parents are a telstra customer at home can tap into the home the home gigabytes uh rather than having to have the expensive cellular plan that may allow them to use um, the the home broadband instead, and maybe save some dollars that way. Mm. Um, it, I think the 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 story overseas as well. So for travels, like how many talk calls do we both get on the radio and emails to our to our websites asking, "Oh, look, I'm traveling overseas. What's my best option to stay for SIM cards or staying in touch with home?" Mm. This also solves that problem as well. So it does. It allows them to use their own bund- their own broadband services at home, which many of them perhaps wouldn't even use in a month to uh, use that overseas and stay in touch. Look, it's a great idea. I really look forward to seeing the take-up rates. And you know what? It's it's one of the ones that I'd really love to hear from people on. Uh, you know, 2 million households are Telstra um, broadband customers. So get in touch. Jump on Twitter, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick with a PH. Let us know. What, what do you think? Are you likely to sign up to this? Why? Why not? It's hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. And gee, Stephen, didn't we generate some conversation last week with our um, privacy and uh, piracy discussion? <laughs> yes, we did. Yes. And um, it was, it's, that's, we, we love to hear from everyone. And we do, we do participate in the conversation there. So don't think that we're big snobs and we're not going to reply. We, we always uh, reply to our listeners who get in touch with us in, on Twitter, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. And while we're at it, why don't we ask people if they're going to sign up to Apple Music yeah. as well? So yeah. we've spoken about Telstra Air. Let us know if you're going to sign up to that. Let us know if you're going to give Apple Music a try. Also, let us know if there's any music that you can't find on the streaming service. Yes. Like we've given yes. the Beatles as an example. You can't find the Beatles. But, yeah, we'd love to hear if you've got any other artists that you know are not being streamed through Apple Music. We'd love to hear that as well. If you signed up to Spotify, will you change? If you've, if you've tried them both, let us know why. And gee whiz, people, isn't Stephen Fennick pitching up to be a talkback radio host? As a former program director, Stephen, congratulations. Your ability to generate talkback is outstanding. Thank um, you very much. Very well done, mate. You're learning learning from the best, obviously. Um, <laughs> the uh, the Two Blokes Talking Tech iTunes page, thank you for your, your ratings, your comments, and a big thanks to uh, Marcus. We'll take that thanks. That's his username on iTunes. Uh, good show. I was lucky enough to start from show number one. I'm still listening. Need I say more? Love it when they're not in agreement. Keep up the good work, guys. Well... 
Marcus, we will try and find things that we disagree on um, more because we actually <laughs> like agree. Like music tastes. <laughs> we actually agree on a lot of things other than, you know, simple taste things like games or uh, music or uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, um, and Trevor's, Trevor, Trevor's predilection for Italian cars uh, <laughs> instead of like taste for German cars. <laughs> yes, but uh, maybe we'll find some more policy issues that, uh, that will roll it up. But thank you for listening, yeah. everyone. And if you've got time, uh, jump on the hashtag Ziggy Zaggy on Twitter. Let us know what's happening in your thoughts on all those things two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick now I also want to give you some credit Stephen um, that you would do very well in the public relations field and no disrespect for the wonderful people that represent AVG but uh, I received this press release and it just was a bit blah to me but I was drawn by the headline that you gave it on Tech Guide and, and it really drew my attention to what was a very important study in my view uh, AVG is an internet security company, virus, software, all that kind of stuff. And they did some research across the world, 6,000 people across the world and uh, 300 Aussie adults, 300 Aussie kids looking at, you know, device usage or parental attention. And the revolts, results are staggering. Um, just over half the children questioned think that their parents check their devices too often. And their biggest grievance, their biggest issue, when given a list of possible habits, was that their parents were distracted while they were in conversations. So they're having a chat with their kids and they're distracted by their phone. Look, I am not going to pretend to be some, you know, uh, you know, God here when it comes to not doing this stuff. I'm as guilty as the next man. But this stuff to me, Stephen, is important to talk about because it makes us all think. And if, if that's the one thing I learned from this is just think twice and, and think about yeah. the reaction from the kids in the room. To quote George, George Costanza from Seinfeld, we're living in a society here, people. <laughs> so we often need to talk to each other rather than looking at our devices. And I've got three kids that are old. Your, your kids aren't old enough to have phones yet, but I do have three kids, teenagers. One, my oldest is 20. But they've all got phones all, on them all the time. And it's, it's common to hear other parents, and even myself, I've commented on the fact that I think they spend too much time on their devices. But it's interesting hearing it the other way, what kids think about us. Yeah. Now, you, you, you having the young, your younger kids, they are, you, they're seeing you as an example. That's they're, right. they're seeing, okay, well, if, if dad it's does really it all important. the time, we see him on his phone, then it's okay, gonna be okay for me to do it. And you really miss out on that face to face time. I think obviously a parent needs to spend time talking to their kids, knowing their children, being there for them and discussing issues if they've got problems, rather than us just being absorbed in our own little worlds on those four-inch, five-inch screens. This research, I think, is a real eye-opener for, for both parents and children to uh, to understand how we feel about each other using our devices too often. That that point there where the kids felt they felt that they were being neglected and felt unimportant when their parents looked at their phones, I think that's going to hit home for a lot of parents who, who, who admit in this same survey, more than half of them, I think 54% of them agree that, they yes, they do spend too much time on their device, uh, and it's going to really give them food for thought. Yeah, you often see how sad is it to see at a restaurant, you see a whole family of people, you know, mum, dad and kids, and every one of them is looking down at their phone. Mm. I think the the only times you probably see two people engaged at a table in a restaurant, no phones, is probably like an early, uh, like a first date or maybe <laughs> an early in the relationship. Yeah, they're trying to impress each other. Hot tip but, for the blokes. If she's on a phone, <laughs> it's not a goer. You're gone. That's right. <laughs> so I, I think, uh, look, as a parent, you know, I've often said to my kids, I said, look, 
we're going out for dinner or we're going to go see my parents or something like that. Look, look, when you get there, don't be on your phone. Talk to your grandparents. Talk mm. to people. Let's enjoy each other's company. Let's not be worried about people and, and messaging people and checking out people that aren't with us. Give the people that are in the room the priority. Mm. Give them your attention. Talk to them. This art of conversation, we can't lose it because, as George says, we're living in a society here. <laughs> we need to keep that up. We are, and uh, it's good research. It's good data. You can read all about it at techguide.com.au. The other thing you'll find at techguide.com.au and also at eftm.com.au is uh, the reviews that Stephen and I have both done in the last few months, a couple of months ago now, of the Arlo Smart Home Security System from Netgear. These are 100% wire-free cameras that you can place absolutely anywhere. No cords means no limits on how or where you use them. They they record and, and broadcast in 720p HD quality. They're weatherproof, so they can be placed outdoors without a second thought. Hot, dry, cold, wet, doesn't matter. Um, Arlo is designed to uh, to withstand those conditions. That you get seven days of free cloud storage, and you can you can pay for more storage if you need it or want it. It has night vision, motion alerts, and it simply works like this. If it detects motion at a time of day, you tell it to detect motion. It quickly captures a clip the length that you choose, 20 seconds, 60 seconds, and it sends that clip to the cloud. And it alerts you, sends you a message, sends you an email, and you can watch it anytime, anywhere, any device. It is unbelievably easy to set up. It is fantastic. And talking to the people at Netgear, it is selling like hotcakes. They're bringing more into the country all the time. They're bringing out bigger packs because people are buying three and four cameras. Uh, people are loving the Arlo Smart Home Security System. Check it out now at netgear.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, full disclosure, I have a day job. I don't want to break it to you, but Two Blokes Talking Tech uh, only takes 30 minutes a week. And while it pays just totally enough to, to fund my mortgage, my children, my life, not, <laughs> um, I do need to have a day job. And that day job is at SBS. And uh, I love it there. It's a great company. And we do really cool things uh, uh, with, with television content and online content. SBS On Demand has been a platform for catch-up content for some time. And in the words... Of, of George Costanza, if we're going to go in that way. <laughs> worlds colliding, my friend. Last week, or, or we, we, my worlds collided when I, I attended a tech event as a representative of the vendor. Um, SBS put on a little dinner for a bunch of tech journalists and other journalists, and I was there not as a tech journalist, but as a, a person from SBS. It was very weird. But, Stephen, we launched a, a bunch of new stuff. And, uh, and uh, look, I'm really proud of it. I think it's an amazing achievement, what we're doing with SBS On Demand, to, to take it away from just being a catch-up service. It really is a video-on-demand service that doesn't cost money. It's not a subscription-based. It's ad-based. And, you know, re refreshing the website at the same time. Absolutely, yeah. I uh, I enjoyed that dinner. It was uh, very very well presented. They had an iPad in front of every person at the dinner, and rather than us looking at one big screen, the presentation or the the little the sizzle reel, if you like, was played on the iPad in front of us, and then throughout the night, the little uh, the, the the video then played on on the devices, so we get an idea of what content's coming up. It was very well done. So good good job there, Trev. But uh, the service itself, I have to say, we got a little bit of a sneak peek being at that event. We got a little little user code so we can jump in and look at it early. 
Uh, and I have to say that the sheer amount of content there is, there's 4,000 hours of content, which is very impressive when you consider Netflix has got 6,000 co- hours of content. So it's not far behind Netflix, and it's free. It is ad-supported, as Trevor mentioned. It is You do watch, I think, a 30-second ad, uh, and then depending on the length of the content, say if it's a movie, you might have three or four ad breaks of a minute each throughout that uh, presentation as well. And, and it's... The website itself is is uh, responsive, so it can look it can be seen comfortably on a mobile device, a tablet, desktop computer, uh, and uh, the stream uh, is terrific. There's a lot a lot of the content. Yes, there is a lot of some catch up services, which is what you'd expect. But as the on demand name suggests, there's plenty of content to watch what when you want and where you want, including more than 600 movies. All those feature length documentaries and factual programs are at your fingertips as well. A lot of great shows coming out too. I'm very impressed with the lineup there. Uh, I'm really excited to be seeing Bosch season yeah. one. That's the main character. If you're a Michael Connolly fan, he's a crime, crime novel uh, author. His main character, Harry Bosch, is now going to be uh, seen in a TV series. I'm really excited about that, starting in late July. And uh, plenty of other highlights there as well, including you know, Australian content, content from the US, a lot of factual content as well from the UK and other countries. Of course, other countries, it's SBS, so plenty of international flavour there as well. You can uh, read all about it at uh, techguide.com.au and uh, check it out yourself at sbs.com.au forward slash on demand. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, as you know, Trevor, I do love a coffee and uh, I, I do go out of my way to get my coffee sometimes. But there is a new smart cup that uh, allows you to do two things. One, you can uh, the smart cup itself is reusable, so it's, it's sustainable, environmentally friendly. But it also allows you, there's a built-in sensor in this cup that allows you to make a cashless payment as well. So you get your coffee and you just simply uh, tap the coffee cup before you order, of course. You don't want to spill your coffee everywhere. You tap the uh, the cup on the uh, on the terminal and you've paid for it as well. This is Australian world-first technology and it combines with an app as well. So the smart cup syncs with the Cafe Pay app that allows you then through the app to find out the participating restaurants and cafes where you can pre-order your coffee. You can even gift a cup of coffee to someone else. So say, you know, your friend goes to a particular cafe, you can gift them a cup of coffee when they get there. So it's a really handy way of getting your coffee in a sustainable, environmentally friendly way and doing it, making a cashless payment at the same time. Very cool idea, just because it's like those punch cards, you know, that, that uh, cafes used to have. They've, they've converted now to electronic versions of those, and now you can do the whole thing with just carrying a mug. It doesn't get any easier than that. Yep. Uh, and you won't find that mug many places else other than techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And uh, last but not least, of course, Stephen's Minute Reviews. Uh, Stephen, a couple of great ones tonight. Uh, the Alcatel One Touch Idol 3. Saw this at Mobile World Congress. Beautiful device. It is a lovely device. Alcatel One Touch is a sort of company that builds great quality device devices 
at great prices as well. It's a very hard combination to master, and I think they've done it with the Idle 3. It's available in two screen sizes, 4.7 or 5.5, which happens to be the exact same screen size as the iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus. Now, this is running Google uh, Android 5.0, which is Lollipop, and so that's the latest operating system. doesn't have much of a user interface in terms of a, a thick user layer, like you know how Samsung and, and, and HTC and other companies really spread a thick layer of user interface on top. This is pure Google. So a lot of people who maybe have used the Nexus in the past, which is Google's own smartphone, will really appreciate this device. It's got a 13 megapixel camera, which I've got to say, for this price, I have to say the pricing up front, $349, you're going to buy the 5.5. $299, you're going to buy the 4.7. Five-inch screen, 5.5-inch screen, looks fantastic, full HD, both screens full HD, just 7.4 millimeters thick as well. Another cool feature I like about it is the reversible feature. So no matter what way you pull it out of your pocket, whether it's upside down or right way up, the screen adapts to the way you're holding the phone. So there's no such thing as upside down. It will just work. I really also like the JBL front-facing speakers. HTC have a similar setup with their HTC One M8 and M9. And these front-facing speakers being JBL, they sound terrific. In fact, so good, you probably don't need to bother with a Bluetooth speaker. You just sit this up on your desk, and it looks uh, and it sounds terrific. Uh, it, it's got a it's octa-core processor. That's so it's two quad-core processors on board. So it's got the same kind of computing power as some of these top-shelf phones that cost up to three times as much. So if you're looking for a really value device. Uh, you know, this proves that you don't have to spend mon- big money to get a really good Android smartphone. I- I've, in my review on Tech Guide, I've said it's one of the best value smartphones I've ever seen. The Alcatel One Touch Idle Three, three forty nine for the five point five inch, two ninety nine for the four point seven inch. Check it out, TechGuide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now let's get Snap happy with a camera, my friend. Yeah, this is the uh, camera that I actually took up on the Great Wall of China with us that day. You remember, you recall I had this red Canon PowerShot SX710HS. Now, this is a 20 megapixel camera. It's got a 30 times zoom as well. It's also got built-in Wi-Fi and NFC. But we'll talk about that in a in a moment. It can also shoot full HD video at up to sixty frames per second. Being a Canon, of course, the sensor on board, yeah, the CMOS sensor is is really really nice. Takes really nice sharp photos, really accurate color representation as well. Video is nice nice and smooth and clear as well. Lovely build quality. Canon know what they're doing when it comes to building a camera. There's a built-in flash as well that pops up when you click a button, a uh, little switch on the side. Now there's a dedicated movie capture button on the top as well so no need to sort of toggle through the uh, through the modes to uh, to get at your video recording speaking of modes there are just several modes you can choose to, you know, creative modes there's even a manual mode if you want to adjust the aperture the ISO uh, and the shutter speeds uh, and getting along onto the Wi-Fi that allows you to download an app on your smartphone and access the camera remotely so this works uh, best in two ways first of all you can use the app as a remote shutter. Now, you'll see on my review, I did actually sit the the camera on part of the Great Wall of China and use my phone to not only line up the photo and adjust the zoom and adjust all the settings,
things, but it also was used to capture that image as well. The other way that you can use the app is to download the pictures from the actual the card on the camera into your phone. So if you want to share a great photo you've taken on the camera, say to social media on Facebook or Twitter, you can download that photo to your phone's picture gallery and then share that then using your phone's cellular connection onto social media. So a really handy camera. It, it's designed, I think, best for people who just want to point and shoot. For those who want to really dive deep in the manual controls, uh, they may be a little bit dis- disappointed at the high ISO levels, and ISO is sort of a light sensitivity, sensitivity measurement. The, the pictures did tend to get a little bit grainy. So if you're looking for more manual control, I think you probably should look for pro- obviously a digital SLR or something a little bit better than the SX710HS. But for everyone else, I think for, for, for someone like me who's more a casual photographer who wants to say good photos and have the occasional manual control, this is a really nice camera. The Canon PowerShot SX710HS priced at $399.95. Check out those photos over there at techguide.com.au. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. That is another one in the can. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Thanks to the good people at netgear.com.au. Uh, if you've got questions, thoughts, comments, uh, especially uh, your feedback and uh, an info on how you're reacting to Apple Music, Spotify versus Apple Music, Telstra Air, those kind of things, jump on Twitter at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick, the hashtag Ziggy Zaggy Stephen. Lovely to chat. We shall talk again next week. Yes, we shall. Thanks, Trevor. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.